0: It's like the Patriots are playing offense right now. Like Belichick tries to make everybody play when he's facing an opponent. And that's like ass backwards, right? That doesn't make any sense to me. So, Jordy, can you make it make sense?
1: I mean, everything is ass backwards this season. The fact that they're 0-2 where, you know, we're used to at least seeing them win a game. This hasn't happened since 2001 so far. But But you're absolutely right. Things are just so constricted. It feels like they're playing inside of a phone booth. It just it feels like if someone sneezes wrong then the entire playbook is out the window. And, you know, the Patriots, they just can't overcome it.
0: Welcome to the show. Ryan O'Leary here, along with my buddy Jordy McElroy, for another weekly episode of the Patriots Wire podcast. We're brought to you by the USA Today Network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe and join us all season long if you like what you hear. Uh, Jordy, how are you this week, my friend?
1: Well, Ryan, two things. The good, the good news is... I'm feeling better, so I'm not sick this week. The bad news is I'm pretty angry this week after watching the Patriots get beat by the Miami Dolphins in Week 2. 0-2, man. Not a good start.
0: That's where I'm at right now. How are you, my friend? You said you're not sick anymore? I'm feeling sick because I was at a buddy's uh, wedding on Sunday. So these Sunday weddings, (laughs) man, I think I talked about it last week. Brutal, and uh, especially a wedding that kind of, goes into a Patriots game at night on a Sunday night. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm still a little banged up. We're talking on a Wednesday. I think I'm finally feeling like a real human again after that wedding. I don't think I'm ever drinking again, that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, what's just like your opening thought on this like Patriots loss? It's kind of a weird one, right? 0-2, two straight home losses. You lose one to the division, right? I mean, this is tough. Two games where you were in it until the end, but couldn't quite figure it out. Um, And we'll talk about all of it. But what's kind of your opening thought on the Pats losing to the Dolphins at home in this one?
1: I mean, it's just disappointment. It's just it's it's another one of those games that the Patriots could have had. You know, they should have won that game or they could have at least been in it and maybe on the final drive, push it into the end zone and take taking the Dolphins in overtime. And then who knows? It's just, you know, I'm tired of this team being the should have, would have, could have team. And it's just every single week talking about moral victories and 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 what they could have done and yep. and 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 what they did wrong and just just what happened. And it's just it's just disappointment. It's disappointment, and I don't want to be doing this every single week. And obviously, we got Zach Wilson and the Jets coming up here soon, which is usually a holiday for a Patriots fan. So let's hope let's hope that that continues. And I'm sure we'll get get into that later.
0: Oh, of course, we'll be previewing that game, and if we don't. Continue what is a, a, a kind of an epic streak against the Jets, Jordy. Then my mental sanity will be uh, my sanity in general will be uh, highly in question. So we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that one.
1: You and me both, my friend. Yeah, you no, and me both.
0: I, I feel you on this. It's like it's a small sample size. We're through two games here, but the Pats are averaging four and a half yards per play, Jordy. That ranks them twenty eighth in the NFL. The Dolphins, by the way, are first at seven point three yards per play. Um, they're also averaging five point seven yards per pass attempt which ranks them 29th. So this is really a dink and dunk methodical death by a thousand paper cuts offense for the Patriots puts a lot of pressure on Mac Jones and the whole operation to execute at a super high level. Right. And like just kind of work their way down the field to try to score. The problem is Jordy, these sacks, these fumbles, these interceptions, whatever negative play pops up, it really it's magnified, right? Because the Patriots can't really overcome them. They don't, they can't just like erase a negative play with a big one. On their next drive they just don't do that they have to continually work their way up the field again what's annoying me is that's a lot like what Belichick tried to make the Dolphins do in this game it's a lot what Belichick tries to make everybody do against the Patriots right he makes you be methodical (laughs) he tries to make you make mistakes and it's like the Patriots are playing offense right now like Belichick tries to make everybody play when he's facing an opponent and that's like ass backwards right that doesn't make any sense to me so Jordy can you make it make sense
1: I mean, everything is ass backwards this season. The fact that they're zero two, where you know we're used to at least seeing them win a game, this hasn't happened since two thousand one so far. But but you're absolutely right. Things are just so constricted. It feels like they're playing inside of a phone booth. It just it feels like if someone sneezes wrong, then the entire playbook is out the window. And you know the Patriots, they just can't overcome it. And they just they seem so sluggish. They can't make explosive plays. And it's just they just seem slow and boring and it's it's rough man it's it's a big issue right now and one of the biggest issues is the run game you know you look at the you look at week 1 against the Philadelphia Eagles the patriots they rushed for 76 total yards that's not going to cut it then you look at week 2 against the dolphins the patriots they rushed for a total of 88 yards you know I would have thought when they brought Ramon, when they brought Ezekiel Elliott over and paired him with Ramondre Stevenson that we would see better results than this. And obviously, the Philadelphia Eagles their their defensive front's a juggernaut. We all get that, but I mean, we're talking about the Miami Dolphins here. This is the same Miami Dolphins team that got freaking ran into the ground by the Los Angeles Chargers in Week One. I mean, come on. You have Ramondre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott. You can't do better than eighty-eight rushing yards. That's a big issue right there that the Patriots need to address. And another big issue is the fact that they don't have explosiveness on the outside at receiver. You know, here we go again, beating a dead horse, but this is a problem that just hasn't been fixed. And I'm not I'm not here to throw shade on Devontae Parker because I'm sure he hears the talk about the Patriots not having a true number one wide receiver, and I'm sure that probably irks him to some degree, as it should, because Devontae Parker, is a, he's a very talented player. You know, but at, but at the end of the day, the Patriots, they, they need to do better on the outside. They need more help. Juju Smith-Schuster running around out there. He's obviously not right. Five receptions for 28 yards. I mean, that's just not going to cut it. Obviously, Kendrick Bourne came back down to earth in that game, but it just seemed like they just, they just lacked that explosive element on the outside there, which they might have had if they signed DeAndre Hopkins, who obviously is past his prime. He's still probably better than anything they have on their roster right now. But you know what, Ryan? You know what the Patriots could have used out there on Sunday and it might have helped them win this game? Patriots could have used a little pop. And I'm not talking about soda pop,
0: my friend. I know what you're talking about. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I'm talking about Demario Pop Douglas. And this is a guy that was benched by Bill Belichick after fumbling the freaking football earlier in the the game. It just grinds my gears so much. I almost put Belichick on the dud list for a second straight week because why do you do that? Like, what what makes you think you can do that? You look at you look at what we have: Devontae Parker out here. You know, you got Juju Smith-Schuster, Kendrick Bourne. That's it. Obviously, Kayshawn Booty, he didn't suit up, he didn't play. So you're just you're kind of looking around, and it's like, Bill, do you think you have the latitude to to make to make this call? We need this guy. And you're sitting there, you're watching the team floundering in the second half, needing a play to be made, while the only guy that can consistently separate, you're benching him because he fumbled the freaking football. Like, what are you doing? You're willing to lose a freaking football game off of a fumble? Why not sit the kid for one or two series? Obviously, that proves your point. I mean, Demario Douglas, I mean, he's a smart kid. He he knows fumbling the football. He knows he, he messed up. He made a mistake. But I mean literally you're going to try to bench him to prove a point and then you come out and you say oh well you know we had you know he just he he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't in the plays or whatever you know we had different packages with different guys in there well how about you put him in the plays he was the only guy out there creating separation there's no reason for him to be bench it kind of you know it kind of infuriates me and brings me back to the to the whole Malcolm Butler benching thing in, in in the Super Bowl against the Philadelphia Eagles, here we go again. But in this case, your team is now sitting at freaking zero and two, looking like trash, last place in the AFC East, and we're still we're still acting like Tom Brady's the quarterback, and we're still we're still making the same decisions that we made years ago. It's insanity, Ron. It's insanity.
0: It's absolute insanity. It's so annoying, man. It's like. It, it reminds you of the Wes Welker foot fetish thing too with Rex Ryan. Remember, he bet you <laughs> Bill's going to do this crap, man. He's going to, it's like high school BS, but he's going to make, he's going to do it and he's going to make the point or whatever. He just can't help himself. You know, it's your six round rookie. To Mario Douglas, Jordy, he might be the best playmaker the Patriots have on offense right now. The way he catches the ball, the way he moves after the catch. The Patriots don't have a guy like that. They're missing Taequann Thornton. They're missing any element of like speed and playmaking, like you're saying. They need Demario the Douglas. He looked like he's going to be a big part of the game plan early on, and then he's gone after one fumble, and I, I agree with you. I, I, I'm sure if some people are mixed on this, and you know, there's going to be the, the Bill Belichick we trust people that say, yeah, sit your ass on the bench. And to a point, I, I guess they're so dependent, and it was like we were talking about earlier, Jordy, they can't turn the ball over. Because if they do, they're so screwed on offense. It just sets them back so much that maybe they're like, if you're going to fumble, I'm not putting you on the field. But I could see it if he he fumbled a couple times. But it's one fumble. And when he was trying to make a play, he got caught from behind. It happens. Teachable moment. But, like, you can't bench every player after they make a mistake out there. Come on. Uh, So, no, I agree with you 100%. So annoying that Demario Douglas was not on the field. We need those guys. We need guys that can make plays. Again, we're playing offense. The way Belichick tried to make Tua in the Dolphins play on Sunday night, we're trying to do the same thing. We're trying to make the Dolphins do. Does that make any sense to you?
1: My my biggest fear, Ryan, is the fact that Belichick is seventy one years old, and I just I, like my biggest fear is that he's kind of set in his ways. I mean, look, look, man, I've I haven't reached forty yet, but I'm kind of I'm kind of set my ways in certain things. Yep. So like, God, God only knows when when I reach that age. I mean, you you kind of you like what you like, right? It's just. It's one of those things where I just feel like he runs things a certain way, and that's just that's the way he does it. When a rookie makes a mistake like that, you know, this is what he does, and that's what he did.
0: Yeah, it's just very Bill Belichick to straight up bench a guy just to send a message, right? It's like the one hundredth example of him doing this. He did it back in the year two thousand. He's doing it now, and it's just it is what it is. I think he is setting in his way, Jordy, um, and that's it. So yeah, just brutal. Give me, give me like, give me your take on. The Patriot fan that comes out and says Mac Jones sucks throws their hands up and say that's why the Patriots are zero two, right? Like I just think it's so much deeper than that. Obviously, I think you agree with me from our commentary so far. But the Mac Jones sucks crap. I, I think Mac Jones has been pretty good. I know he's coming up short late in games. I get it. It's tough when you're down sixteen to nothing and seventeen to three back to back weeks, right? In these games. But what's your response to people that think, oh, it's Mac Jones sucks. We're, we're screwed because we have Mac Jones.
1: I mean, are you are we just going to ignore the fact that he hasn't had his four best offensive linemen together this entire season so far? Two games in? We're just going to ignore that. That he's had that he's had, you know, Calvin Anderson in there who struggled. Who struggled he was bad? bad. He week,
0: was bad in this one.
1: In week two again, obviously against the Miami Dolphins. I mean, are we just going to ignore the fact that a uh, win and strange were both out in week one? Obviously, they returned last last week. But then you didn't have Trent Brown at left tackle, so it's just it's a mess right now. And and Mac Jones is playing behind it. And then back to my point about he doesn't have he does not have the same outside help and receiver as like a two you or or even a Jalen Hurts. Hey, I mean, Jalen Hurts is out there throwing to throwing to AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and then obviously back to two a Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, and then you're, you're Mac Jones, and you have. Devontae Parker. And like and I hate saying that because Devontae Parker is a good player. He's a really good player. But come on, man. Like, I, I just I don't understand how, how anyone could even could even lean in that direction and thinking that this is all a Mac Jones problem. You can't run the football. The offensive line's been beat to hell. And then you you have no help at receiver. So I mean, what is Mac Jones going to do? And I'll be honest with you, in that game against the Dolphins, Mac Jones actually showed me some stuff. Obviously. You don't want to see him throw that interception, but man, there were some times where the defense they were getting after Mac's ass, and Mac was getting out of the pocket. Mac Jones rolling out of the pocket and making throws on the run, like being innovative in the pocket. He just he didn't just stand there like a statue. He was making plays, and that's something we haven't really seen from Mac Jones yet. So I just I think it's a bit disingenuous to to, to call out Mac Jones and just consider him to be the problem. Let me ask you this question. If not Matt Jones, then who? Like, you want Bailey Zappi back there? You want Matt Corral? You want him to come back? I mean, like, what do you want them to do? You want Nick Folk? Are we going to go the old veteran route? I I mean, it's not like quarterbacks grow trees out here. So people just need to settle it down here and just the Patriots have to do a better job of getting Max some help and let Matt cook, man. Let him cook.
0: I think Mac is is the least of the problems. Has he been perfect? No. Would we like to see him actually pull out a fourth quarter comeback? Yes, obviously. And we'll get into how this this one ended here coming up. But uh, yeah, it, it just goes so much deeper than that, and it, it's so frustrating. And it seems like again they're just they're calling plays. Billy O'Brien's kind of scheming it up to protect Mac Jones from a shaky offensive line that hasn't been together. To your point, Jordy, even. Mike on one, you you're you're excited for him to get back, but it looked like he hadn't played football in a while, unfortunately. Um, So, yeah, they're they're trying to figure out ways to keep Mac upright because there's literally no backup quarterback behind them. They don't know what they're doing at backup quarterback. I don't want to beat that dead horse either. Uh, But at least we got Cole Strange to uh, lateral the ball to in in key situations because he. So let's talk about that play. First of all, Jordy, kind of an amazing heads up play by Gusecki. Right. Good for him. Uh, Just shows his football IQ. But then just like the energy in the stadium, when Cole Strange, you know, caught the lateral and then pulled his way forward and it looked like he picked up the first down. It was just like such an amazing moment uh, in the stadium. Felt like the Patriots are finally going to get one. And then it all comes crashing down. Right. Like what's your take on, you know, the Cole Strange play at the end?
1: First of all, that Cole Strange play was amazing. Great heads-up effort there by Mike Gasicki to see him. And what a freaking athletic reception that was. For a guy Cole Strange's size to go up in the air the, the way that he did and to be able to snag that ball and to be able to come down on it and push for what I thought I, I thought was enough for a first down, or at least it wasn't enough for the refs to overturn it. And, look, earlier I was talking about how – I. I can't see a reason for why Bill Belichick would, would 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 bench Pop Douglas. Well, look, the referees on this call, they couldn't see it all, run. Like what are we doing here? They're going to sit here and overturn a call that you just couldn't even tell. There was no definitive evidence to overturn that call and not give the Patriots the third the, the first down on that play. It's just it's another one of those things, you know, we talk about Mac Jones, can he pull out a can he pull out a comeback victory? Well, you know, he had an opportunity there against the Eagles with if KeSean Booty could get a toe in bounds and then obviously again right here if the referees don't freaking overturn a call. I mean, it's just been a rough couple of weeks, yeah, but what an incredible effort there for the Patriots. I mean, it, it was a great effort.
0: No, that was cool. It was a cool moment. It sucked when it got overturned obviously, but uh it was cool to see that play, but it comes back to the Patriots are just playing catch-up. They've been playing catch-up all season long, Jordy, right? It's, like, annoying. Like, hopefully against the Jets they can get a lead and put the pressure on the Jets' offense, their crappy quarterback, Zach Wilson, where we'll get into that game here coming up. But, like, it sucks being down multiple scores early in games. And the Patriots were stuck on three until the fourth quarter, right? It's just a hard way to live in the NFL, especially with the way the Patriots play offense. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great play all around. That kind of sucked. Not to bitch about the refs too much. Uh You know, one more before we hit the break here. I thought the Patriots did a good job on Tyreek Hill. I think Christian Gonzalez looks like a stud. Now, Zay Flowers over Baltimore also looks like a freaking superstar. So I would love to see him in the offense. You had to bring that one up. That one hurts still. He looks so good. He looks so good. I I think, you know, I know you were obsessed with Zay Flowers going into the draft. Then I was obsessed after talking and then watching his stuff from BC. We both wanted Zay Flowers, but it's hard to complain about Christian Gonzalez, right? Uh, Jordy, I mean... The Patriots probably need Zay Flowers more right now, but Christian Gonzalez is, uh, he's had a great start. I think PFF ranks him as like one of their top three corners in all football right now, the way he's played. And he did a great job on Tyreek Hill.
1: Yeah. I mean, incredible performance there for Christian Gonzalez. And, you know, obviously, like you just said, I was high on Zay Flowers. You were too heading heading into the draft there, but. With Christian Gonzalez sitting there at number seventeen, I completely un- i understood that because in my opinion, Christian Gonzalez was the best cornerback in that entire draft, and I wouldn't have I wouldn't have ex- expected him to even be there. You know, even even at number even at number fourteen, I wouldn't think he'd be there. But Christian Gonzalez was sitting there, and the Patriots got him, and he's obviously showing up early here. You know, that interception, man that was an that was an incredible just IQ play, high IQ, just athletic. Just to go up there and snatch one out of the sky by Tyree Hill, who you know Tyree Hill isn't too popular right now amongst the, the the New England Patriots fan base after he called them some of the worst fans in the NFL. So <laughs> it was a little sweet there to see Christian Gonzalez snag one away from him. Incredible play there, and I expect Gonzalez to be to, to be to be a, a Pro Bowl caliber player, all Pro caliber player at some point. You know, obviously we're not we're not going to jump the gun here too soon, but. Great player to make it, and you got to think about how hard it's been for him too, right out the the gates, Ryan. I mean, you get AJ Brown and Tyree Kill as your first two matchups, and for him to hold up the way that he did, neither one of the, you know, neither one of those guys broke out in either one of those games. So, True. Christian Gonzalez, man, he's a stud.
0: He's a stud. I'm glad we have him. That's a positive. There you go. We threw one positive thing in there in the first segment. Jordy, how about that? <laughs> Let's try to find some more positivity. We got the Jets. Patriots always beat the Jets. Zach Wilson is back as the freaking quarterback. Let's go. We're about to get into that matchup here coming up next. But first, week three fantasy advice from TheHuddle.com.
2: Corey Benini of the Huddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week number three. Quarterback Kenny Pickett, Pittsburgh Steelers at Las Vegas Raiders. This one is somewhat of a shaky recommendation. And Pickett's ceiling maybe isn't as high as some would like. But he has a little bit sturdier of a floor this week than usual. Las Vegas has given up 225 yards and two and a half passing touchdowns per game, and there's a clear need for the Steelers to open up this aerial attack. Even though Pickett will be without Deontay Johnson once again, he still has a dangerous weapon in George Pickens, two capable pass catching running backs, and a quality tight end to rely on. Be pleased with something in the neighborhood of 250 yards and a pair of scores, but he's probably best utilized in daily fantasy sports. Running back Javante Williams, Denver Broncos at Miami Dolphins. Somewhat surprisingly, Williams has dominated this backfield's carry count 25-9 over Samaj P. Ryan in the early going. The two have produced nearly identical fantasy results, however, and suffice it to say, the returns haven't been great. That should turn the corner this week against a Miami Dolphins defense that has given up running back touchdowns at the fourth highest rate, and only two teams have yielded more running back yards on the ground. This matchup is much easier to exploit rushing-wise, and we like Williams for a season-high performance as a fringe running back two or a strong flex. Wide receiver Kadarius Tony, Kansas City Chiefs versus Chicago Bears. No KC receiver has drawn more targets in each of the first two games than Tony, and he shook off the rust that led to his Week 1 disaster with a 100% catch rate on his five looks in Week 2. He's always a home-run threat and the former New York Giant offers potential for rushing points as a bonus. Chicago has given up wide receiver touchdowns at the fourth highest rate thus far in 2023, and Tony's an interesting gamble out of the flex position. Tight end Cade Otten, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus Philadelphia Eagles. 8 touchdownless catches for 60 yards through two weeks doesn't really move the needle in fantasy, but Otten warrants a lineup spot due to this brilliant matchup for those of us who stream the tight end position. The Eagles have permitted the most PPR points, non-PPR points, and receptions to the position through two games. This is the number two matchup. Matchup for yardage and only a pair of defenses have surrendered touchdown scores at a higher rate for more award-winning fantasy football news tips and advice please be sure to check out the huddle.com
0: all right we're back it's jets week two of my favorite weeks of the year jordy uh here's a quick trivia question do you know what the patriots record is against the jets in their past 14 meetings by chance you caught me off guard what's the record 14 and 0 <laughs> the, Jet, the, oh, patriots, oh. The, the patriots beat the jets 14 straight times the Jets have not beaten the Patriots since 2015. All right. So this is like a holiday. You, you mentioned it earlier. It's like a holiday when the Patriots play the Jets. It's a holiday. I know. I know a lot of those wins came with Tom Brady at quarterback. Here's here's my my great hot take on the game. Jordy. Don't ruin this for me. You know, don't Patriots <laughs> do not ruin this for me. A loss to Zach Wilson and that second rate low grade organization falling to Owen three on the season. I don't I can't stomach that I can't stomach it man the Pats need to extend this streak to 15 straight wins like I need blood in my veins Jordy that's that's pretty much where I'm at
1: yeah I just I couldn't I couldn't imagine just looking on the just looking out there and seeing the Jets celebrating in that puke green after sending oh, the Patriots to 0-3 and the Patriots did last still in the AFC East it's just it's, it would be a punch in the gut Ryan we've we have to beat the Jets. I mean, come on. Like, literally, it would, in my opinion, losing to the Jets this weekend would sort of undo any sort of moral victory you wanna you want to try to take from the Eagles game and the Dolphins game. And I mean, to be fair, you know, the Eagles, that's a Super Bowl contended team. You look at the Dolphins, that's a Super Bowl contending team. And obviously the Jets, that is like that's as low as it gets if you if you're the lose to this team. Now, obviously the Jets that defense is championship level. Their defense is is elite and it's going to be interesting to see how the Patriots are able to kind of move the ball against him. If the Patriots are able to move the ball against him, but I expect the Patriots defense to come out and have a big day. They better have a big day. You would think Gonzalez matched up against Garrett Wilson. There'd be a lot of fun. And hopefully the Patriots are able to get some of their cornerbacks back in the mix. Obviously market shows going down last week with the shoulder injury and Jonathan Jones missing the game entirely with that ankle issue going on. So you know, Belichick, was a little, he was a little mum today on 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 the progress there with their injury, so hopefully those two guys are able to get back into the mix, but I expect the Patriots' defense to be suffocating and to do what they always do, and that's kick Zach Wilson's
0: ass. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, and, you know, I, I was, I like I said, I was drinking way too much on Sunday at Buddy's wedding and then the Pats game at night and, you know, just too many beers. Seeing Miles Bryant <laughs> on Jalen Waddle like, didn't help. You know, like, that just helped the beers go down faster, you know, but as you, i i have not <laughs> called out miles Bryant. he did a he did a very good job in, in filling in for the patriots at corner Man,
1: so. I, was, I, was, I was actually going to ask you about that i i was going to ask you what, what you thought about miles Bryant's performance he
0: eh, was fine it was fine you know I'm not, <laughs> I'm not i'm not here to rip him uh i just think the, the only way the jets can beat you is if you know brees hall goes off or something you know what i mean like they're going to have to try to run the football down your throat now the patriots have to be better uh, up front, their front seven, as you wrote on Patriots Wire, was not good against the Dolphins, not good enough. Raheem Mostert's like in his 30s now, right? And he looked like a young spring chicken out there just running past the Patriots. I like Raheem Mostert, but he's fast. Brees Hall's tough to tackle. Um He is, I mean, slippery, and he ripped off some huge runs in that game against the Bills in the season opener against the Jets. Uh, the Pats defense just gave up 144 and two touchdowns to the Dolphins. Uh, so Jordy... That's the only way I can see the Jets winning is if their run game dominates and they score and they get big chunk plays in the run game. Because I just I don't think Zach Wilson could do it. I think the Patriots could take away Garrett Wilson. And then who else? Like I don't, who else does Zach Wilson have? I mean, it's got to be the run game. They have to stop the run. Is that Does that worry you at all coming off this Dolphins game? The, their front seven?
1: It does worry me a little bit. It's it's not the fact that like the linebackers can't get the job done or the Patriots can't can't stop the run at all. I just feel like they're just they're not fundamentally sound. Like you, you look at that game and you see the Patriots, they they lose contain a lot. Jelani Tavai, you know, he's a really good player for them. You know, there was just some plays where where, where moster he was just he was running to the edge and just kind of getting around there and there was just no containment at all. He's just kind of getting around and and turning up the field for some yards there. And like you said, I mean, he's out there running around looking like he's a top-tier running back. But obviously the Patriots, they're just they're getting ate up on the ground. They're giving up a lot of chunks. The back end. And here's the crazy thing, Ron. I would have expected coming into this season that the Patriots defensive backfield would struggle a little bit more, you know, with the corners, obviously Christian Gonzalez is a young player trying to get, trying, trying to get into the mix, trying to learn the game or whatnot. So obviously, you know, you, you got Jonathan Jones there, Marcus Jones, who's probably seen a little bit more work this year, uh, especially now, especially with Jack Jones going to injured reserve, but I kind of expected those guys to kind of struggle a little bit more on the back end and the fronts and the front seven for the Patriots to just be monstrous, to be able to stuff the run, to be able to make plays. But, it just hasn't been the case so far. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, they're going to have to do a better job of stopping the run. Obviously, you have Brees Hall there. You have Dalvin Cook coming out of the backfield. I mean, Cook, Cook hasn't done much in these first couple of games, but we all know how talented he is, and he's capable of going off as well. But the Patriots can shut down a rushing attack. You know, I expect him to have a lot of success. And the good thing coming into this game is, a, is the Jets, they don't have a lot of ways to beat you, obviously. So the rushing attack might – it's probably their best avenue towards success, and one thing Bill Belichick has always been great at is taking away what you do best. And I expect him to take the running attack away and make Zach Wilson try to make some plays downfield with his arm, where you can hopefully give those guys Christian Gonzalez and let's let's, let's pray let's pray Marcus Jones and 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 Jonathan Jones are able to get back on the field. Some of those guys can make some plays, maybe get it maybe get an, inter, an interception or two. Couldn't even get the word out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, and you should be able to, because it's such a short thing when Zach Wilson's chucking it to you. You know, he's just not that good. It makes me wonder why, why is Zach Wilson their guy? You know, they, they can't trade for Andy Dalton or Gardner, Gardner Minshew, Jordy, Cooper Rush over in Dallas, right? Like Cooper Rush, Dallas brought in Trey Lance to push him as Zach Prescott's backup, right? Like, why are the Jets sticking with a guy who clearly doesn't have it in in, uh, in Wilson?
1: But if you if you hear Bill Belichick talk about if you hear Bill Belichick talk about Wilson, you true. think they're playing the next Tom Brady.
0: Oh, the arm talent. Oh, oh yeah. Bill. Yeah. Bill moaning into the mic. Yeah, totally. So uh, he so doesn't. Athletic. Oh, my. god. Oh, yeah. He doesn't scare me, man. Zach Wilson does not scare me. Make him beat you. That's got to be the game plan for the Patriots. I agree 100 percent, Jordy. So the Pats are actually favored. They're two and a half point road favorites of this ball game. The over under is pretty laughable. It's 37 points. So, very low over under total. <laughs> the Pats um they obviously slept, swept last year's series. They won 22 to 17 at New York and then 10 to 3 at home. So, I'm kind of expecting a score kind of in the middle Jordy, like 17-13, something like that in the Patriots' favor. I think the Patriots win this game. They have to. Right? You ha- you you can't lose to this team. You can't lose to the Jets and go to 0 and 3. You can't. I mean, the sky will literally fall in Foxborough if that happens. So, they got to figure this out. You're playing Zach Wilson. He's the worst starting quarterback in football right now. I, I take Josh Dobbs over him over in Arizona. Like, he's bad, <laughs> right? <laughs> the Patriots always beat the Jets. They usually cover the spread. They're 8-2 and two against the spread in the last 10 games against the Jets, and the under has hit six of those times. So this is just what happens when the Pats play the Jets. Personnel's pretty much the same as last year. So no excuses. I'd expect them to win. I don't think it'll be pretty. I think it'll be ugly. I think they'll struggle at times with that Jets defense. That Jets defense is awesome. But, Jordy, I, I expect them to win this ballgame 17-10, 17-13, something like that, um, and get out of there with an ugly win and, and cover that two-and-a-half spread. So that's where I am on the prediction side. I kind of like the under, even though it's 37. Uh, what do you think? I just I, Again, don't tell me that the Patriots aren't going to win this ballgame, that you can't tell me that.
1: I think all the listeners need to listen to you, Ryan. Take the under. <laughs> I mean, this is easy money right here. This game's obviously – it's obviously going to be ugly. I mean, it's just kinda, that's just kind of that's kind of the way things are right now. Obviously, that defense for the Jets—I will say it again—that defense is championship level. So I can see the Patriots struggling a little bit to move the football. Uh, but I—I I also see I see Zach Wilson making mistakes. He's going to turn the ball over. He just he just doesn't play well against this Patriots defense. And I expect him to harass him and give him all sorts of issues again. You know what? This this should be a good day for Chad Ryland right here. This is a good Chad Ryland game where he should see plenty of opportunities to to kick some field goals and show his stuff because they're going to need it. And I expect the Patriots to maybe score a touchdown, you know, maybe not two. We'll see. But I expect this to be a game that's won mostly on the leg of Chad Ryland. And I kind of like your thoughts. You know, 17 to 10, that's a good score right there. And that's kind of how I see the game going as well. Maybe
0: it'll be a field goal fest Jordy. 16 to 10, you know, something like that. Uh, you know, like that's fine. If Ryland's our star (laughs) offensive player, I don't care. That's fine. Just, just win the freaking game. But, uh, Hey man, great stuff is always from you. I know you, I can see the Patriots got you plenty agitated and fired up. So hopefully we're in a better mood next week, man,
1: man. I hope so. I need it. It's been a rough two weeks. It feels like even though it's been two weeks, it feels like it's been eight weeks. I'm in mid season form right now, Ron.
0: You are, you are. And I appreciate it. And so for, uh, for Jordy McElroy. check him out on Patriots Wire. He and the crew do great work over there. They'll have you covered leading up to the ballgame. Again, I'm Ryan O'Leary. We appreciate you. Join us all season long. We'll be back weekly breaking down the pats, no matter how pissed off they make us. Uh, and uh, we hope you join us. We'll catch you next week.